Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. Julie, happy anniversary. As well to you. Yeah. Yes. And I don't think anyone who knows us is surprised at all that we're working on our anniversary. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and happy anniversary to everybody else with September anniversaries and birthdays. There's a lot of those. Yep. So, uh, and thank you for all of your nice posts and well wishes to us. We appreciate that. Oh, I haven't even, I haven't even been on Facebook to look, but that's oh, nice. Yeah, yes. So we appreciate it very much. And yes, we have been married for dum 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 29 years, which that's is quite right. amazing. I know. Yeah. I mean, to think all these years, but we will reminisce and be uh, uh, all that stuff on Sundays. During the week, our podcast is all about getting real work done and helping you guys stay drilled down and focused. There's never been a better time in, to be in the real estate industry because of all the change. Um, and the changes that are we're experiencing now are just going to come faster and more furious. Julie, are both the doors closed? Yes. And so really what you should be looking forward to is an opportunity to be of service to more people than maybe you ever have before. But you've got to remember, it, you have to earn the right to be of service to people. And by earning the right, that means you have to have the skill set to solve their problem. So if you find yourself you know, putting all your best energies and efforts every single day, thinking that your job is to you know, basically look for leads, looking for leads is obviously critical. But the, at the end of the day, the leads won't want to do business with you unless they see you as the person that's going to solve their problem. And that's what it comes down to to skills. In our coaching program, obviously, we teach you the skills of being a proactive lead generator. But what comes after that is equally as critical. And I don't want you guys to lose sight on that. Generating the lead but not having the skill to solve the problem isn't really going to do you any good because you'll maybe have a lead, but you won't know what to do with that lead because you won't know how to solve their problem. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because I've been on a bunch of coaching calls today. Julie's been on a bunch of coaching calls today, talking to all of our coaches. And we're seeing more complex problems that are starting to come up from all the different financial issues that people are gonna start experiencing as the, I don't know, COVID financial infusions uh, sort of run their course. And I think you're really gonna start seeing a lot of people who have been extending and pretending their problems, financial problems in particular, they're gonna start having to deal with those problems um, in the new year. So expect that to happen and, and really guys, that's okay. And then there's nothing you can really do about it because once the PPP money and the EIDL money and the you know extended uh, unemployment and all these mortgage forbearances and all the other eviction moratoriums, all that stuff runs its course, you're going to start seeing really what the true effects of this, um, you know, a recession that we're all sort of plucking our way through um, has been. And just be ready. And the way you're going to be ready, obviously, is the skill set to solve a multitude of problems. Yes, that's right. It's all about skills. And that's a good segue into a little series that we're going to do called Harris Rules for Prospecting. And that means that you guys are going to take some good notes. And I did use that word, prospecting. We can call it lead generation if it makes you feel a little bit better. That's all right. But it's prospecting. Prospecting is the ability to create at will leads for you to follow up on, turn into appointments. That's what prospecting is. You are hunting down your business. And yes, I use the word, Tim. I know that maybe some of them peed their pants or got hives. But it is lead generation, otherwise known as prospecting. Now, we always like to start out when we do a new series, we like to start out at the top with a little bit of a mindset thing to get you guys ready for the more serious points. And that would be 
Number one, it's your job to make the prospect remember you, not the other way around. It's your job to follow up, not theirs. Erase from your speech and from your thinking, quote, they'll call me when they're ready. Replace your drip system with actual communication. That point probably should be its own podcast. You know, the, I think it has been. The drip campaigns we talk about all the time. And here's the real bottom line. If you guys want to save yourselves a lot of effort and, you know, worrying about your CRMs and your cleverly, you know, written, you know, emails and your crafty, funny videos and all that. And this is the unfortunate truth. And guys, most of these things that Julie and I tell you, we don't tell you, you know, joyously because we'd love it if the easy button stuff worked just as much as you guys would, but it doesn't. So every long-term or every research study that's ever been done on drip campaigns in particular has proven out that they really don't work. In other words, they're virtually not worth doing. So why are you spending so much time on drip campaigns? It's because unknowledgeable people or ill-informed people or people with malintent are telling you to do drip campaigns. Those are the bottom line reasons why. But here's the real maliciousness of doing drip campaigns. And, and this is really what I want you to internalize because it's the truth. The only reason that people want to create drip campaigns is to hopefully compensate for their, uh, frankly, unwillingness or their inability to really drill down and pre-qualify a lead. You should never have that many leads. That your goal is not to have hundreds, let alone thousands of leads. That's when you when I hear somebody say that, and you know, a salesperson in particular, that is an immediate red flag. It tells me that they don't. They're very ineffective at basically. Well, they don't even know the definition of a lead if that's what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the problem. Ultimately, is you guys have to understand a lead is by itself worthless. A lead is just a name, a phone number, an email address, somebody that showed signs of you know interest in doing business with you at some point. But that's it. And because that lead is probably also being chased by a thousand different other agents. So you just got to keep that in mind. A lead by itself is worthless. A pre-qualified lead that you know their motivation, you know, let's just again focus primarily on sellers and you've determined it's a have to sell seller. That's actually a good lead. Now, would you really, if you determined after talking with the seller that they have to sell, that it's a good lead, are you really just going to put them in a drip campaign? And yet that's what a lot of you guys do. You just heard Julie laugh. I know, it's so true. Because you don't want to basically get to the point where you're actually learning. You, you don't know what to say to them. That's the essence of it. And so you don't know how to set the appointment. You don't know how to, you know, essentially push your way to the head of the line and their, their mental list of agents to consider for the job of listing their home. This is all a skills deficit on your part. So one of the, you know, the first things that we always suggest all of you guys do, because everyone always starts asking us what CRM they should use, which is, by the way, the same silly question that's been going on since the 90s. Which CRM should I use? Um, you know, this is not about centers of influence and past client organization, by the way. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about are you guys are using drip campaigns to basically try to compensate for your lack of wanting to do direct, proactive, uh, you know, really communication, calling them, in other words, and asking the tough questions that would, that would determine whether they're motivated or not. Does that make sense, Julie? It absolutely does. You were kind of segueing into several future points, but definitely it all gets back to skills at the end of the day. How many, how, so, when you're coaching somebody, an elite mm -hmm. coaching client, somebody who's at the top of the game, mm -hmm. somebody earning probably millions of dollars per year, generally speaking, mm -hmm. you know, it's funny, almost all of them do have drip campaigns, but none of them get business from it virtually. They don't take them seriously. They don't take them seriously. It's just something they set up forever again and they just never have canceled sure. them. Really, that's what they mm -hmm. are. But how many leads do the top people that you work with generally carry with them at all times? I mean, maybe maybe 15. Yeah, I was going to say the same 15. thing. I was going to say between 10 and 20 is exactly yeah, what I was going to say. But it's not hundreds and it's certainly not thousands. And but, their definition of a lead is much tighter than the average agent. You know, a lead is somebody who's actually going to do business with you, buying or selling in the next 
60 days at the out, you know, the farthest or less, or has a logical reason that it's going to be a little bit later than that. And, but here's the fallacy too. There's somebody listening yeah. right now who's saying, well, of course they don't have to have that many more leads because they can be ultra picky because they have so many more opportunities at business. So that becomes a, a, a chicken or the egg conversation, right? So are they ultra picky because they're at the top of the game and they have some, you know, they can pick the best fruit off the apple tree and they can be super picky? Or is it because they learned to be super picky and that's what made them a top producer? You and guys get the difference? They have the ability to generate so they right. don't have to tolerate less quality business, right? So remember, these are the rules for prospecting. Prospecting is lead generation. So the better you are at generating, the more picky you can be. Yeah. And, and this is why when you don't have a lot of skill, you'll work with anybody because you don't really know the difference. And that's the reason that 85% of all agents fail within 24 months or less because no one's being super honest with them about all this stuff. Except us. So let's do point number two. Point number two. <laughs> okay. Uh, prospect even when you're busy, especially when you're busy. In his book, Fanatical Prospecting, Jeb Blunt wrote, I love this quote, and I want you guys to pay attention to this. Superstars are relentless, unstoppable prospectors. They are obsessive about keeping their pipeline full of qualified prospects. They prospect anywhere and anytime, constantly turning over rocks looking for their next opportunity. They prospect day and night, unstoppable and always on. Fanatical. That's a big difference between how most people go through their sales lives. Yeah, it is, and it's a but it's a, it's a mental approach to shift in how you actually think about things. Again, you go back to how most realtors think of lead generation. What do they think they're supposed to do? Get out their credit card number and buy leads, <laughs> which is the exact opposite of what a professional does. That's it. So point number three: don't be a secret agent. One of our short sale coaches in the recession coined this term. Secret agents have skinny kids. What's a secret <laughs> agent? Secret agent is somebody who is indeed licensed but never actually talks about real estate. If you're dependent on repeat and referral business, you will hit a wall. Pursue both people you know and those you don't know in order to create consistent cash flow and eliminate cash spurts. Don't wait until you lose a killer listing to create your pre-listing package. Learn your listing scripts and polish your skills. So agents are secret agents when they don't really, it's, it's like they're uh, afraid that somebody will figure out that they don't actually know what they're doing or that they can't compete or they don't know, you know, which is kind of an expression of ego, if you think about it. Well, it totally is. Actually, the secret agents thing, Julie, that came from Howard Brenton. Ah, that's right. Remember he yes. was- I, But the yeah. skinny kid thing came from Yeah, the skinny kid yeah. came, right. But that's the truth. Yes, and right. the, at, the, at the end of the day, the uh, reason that agents are act, or act like that ultimately is because they have not fully committed to themselves as a real estate sales professional. In other words, they don't want to be seen. They have all kinds of psychological, you know, issues mostly with regards to seeing themselves as salespeople. They don't want to let people know they're a realtor. Their egos are running amok about, oh my gosh, what will they think of me? Well, I mean, they're, they're, it's just this really ridiculous, you know, stew of uh, competing information that's mostly rooted in uh, ego, which is going to result in inevitable failure. So the purest way of thinking about real estate and life in general, especially you know when you're trying to help people, is that there's a direct correlation between the experiences that you have on this planet, the quality of life you have, the health you have, the friends you have, the money you have, the experiences you have, the money you're able to donate, all of it, you know, the sense of well-being, the sense of freedom, all that stuff. There's a direct correlation between 
all of those things and experiences and the number of people you've helped. And so if you are living a life that is not the life that you would have envisioned for yourself when you were a kid, it's because you are still struggling with what your highest and truest purpose on this planet is, which is to be of service to others. And by the way, our way of being of service to you when we started this during COVID, Julie just reminded me, by the way, is that you we created the free coaching program for you guys. Now, this is a shadow of our normal coaching program, but it is available to all of you. And all you've got to do is text the word survival to 31996, text the word survival to 31996. And when you do, we're going to text you back a membership, an opportunity for you to join the free coaching program. The free coaching program does include a daily semi-private coaching call, which on some days is run by head coach Julie. Mm -hmm. So you literally can have direct interaction um, with our coaches on a regular basis. And we do give you a lot of content, real estate treasure map, think and grow rich for real estate. Um, you know, I think there's seven or eight different different books. So you definitely want to get on that free coaching uh, program. That's a no-brainer for all of you, especially this time of year as you're building momentum into next year. So just text the word survival to 31996. Yes. So point number four, pursue suspects and prospects. You should be asking questions and using scripts, not winging it and praying to the real estate gods. Is everyone on your drip system or are you having real conversations, asking real questions and listening to their answers? What's their motivation, their time frame, and are they actually qualified? These questions all come from the buyer and seller pre-qualification scripts. None of it is difficult, but I think it agents make it harder than they should on themselves because they don't learn it in the first place. They kind of make it into a bigger deal than it is. And then because they don't ask those questions in their pre-qual scripts, they end up trying to backfill with answers later on in the relationship, which never works, right? That's why... You know, sometimes you get somebody in contract that's not actually qualified to buy at that, you know, overinflated, uh, overbid purchase price. It's why you don't really know enough about their financing to know how to, you know, to deal with their situation. So that's because you're not asking questions. You're not asking questions because you don't have the scripts in front of you. All of this is curable. Point number five. And again, this could be its own standalone podcast. I've had so many agents tell me on this point that it was life changing in their business. You know what it is? Are you ready? I'm ready. Answer the phone. <laughs> Don't just send everybody to voicemail. Uh, so I would say, for the love of God, just answer the phone. Well, I know one of your future points is yeah. basically furiously fast lead follow up, yeah, but it's, it's sort related. of it, it's related. And, and that really is incredibly frustrating and annoying. Just think from your own perspective, guys. You are interested in buying a product or a service. And then your what is your experience when you call into said business? Is it essentially nobody ever wanting to communicate back with you? Here's a funny recent experience that we've had. So in, in Puerto Rico, you're, you, know, you need backup everything, right? Everything. You need backup water. You need backup electric. You need backup internet. You need, if you can phones, get, phones yeah. you name it, you need backup for Water it. Water to drink and to bathe in. <laughs> exactly. So we have our own cistern. We have our own uh, big, huge, gross looking diesel generator now. Um, and now we're going to get backup internet. So yes, we have cable. There's a cable provider, you know, da, 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 da. but every time the electric goes out to the grid, the cable service goes out, which means we don't have any internet connectivity. Well, there's this other company in Puerto Rico that's essentially filling the void and they've got this stellar internet uh, connection system. It's direct fiber optic. It's the best of the best. Everybody who's a small business owner here knows about it. And it's not that expensive. It's fantastic. Seemingly the perfect of all worlds. Well, guess what? They will literally not communicate back with you in any form. <laughs> 
<laughs> they will not email you back. They will not call you back. They will not text you back. You have to somehow send a carrier pigeon, you know, on the right day, flying the right direction when the stars are in the perfect alignment for them to ever acknowledge that you exist. That's exactly how many real estate agents yeah. conduct themselves because they rationalize that they're too busy. Is that really what's going on? Okay, You're I have the funniest example of this ever. And <laughs> sadly, it has not only happened just once. It's been many times I've had this exact thing happen. Agent emails, either from podcast or somewhere, they email you or I, they need help with their lead generation, okay? We call to set up an appointment. Their voicemail's full. Does that make any sense to you? I need help with generating leads, and yet I haven't even answered all the voicemail, which I inevitably sent every potential lead to, where they all landed together, and I can't tell what's a good lead from a bad lead because the bad ones cover up the good ones, and I can't even leave them a message because it's so full. And yet their request was, help me with lead generation. So one, See how twisted that is? If you remember Colette McDonald, who we've had as a coaching client forever, I remember you told me that one of the things that she said had the most impact on her business. And she's one of the best agents. Um, she was one of the yep. top agents at uh, Remax. And now she's one of the top a agents at eXp. She's part of our eXp revenue share group. And if you guys want to learn more about eXp, you can uh, just text me directly. If you're ready to join eXp, text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. I'll answer all your questions. Or if you're just eXp curious, you're just getting ready to get started learning about it, just text the word eXp, the letters eXp to 319. Just text the letters EXP to 31996. But I remember Colette actually told me after one of your coaching calls, it wasn't just one, it was a series, mm -hmm. where you actually had to force her to start uh, uh, you know, pursuing furiously fast lead follow yes. Which is a Tim and Julie Harris, you know, copywritten statement, right? Mm -hmm. So furiously fast lead follow up. What does that mean? And so this is where a lot of you guys will get in this analytical malaise about, you know, leads and all this. So if they text you, they only want to be texted back. If they email you, they only want to be emailed back. If they, you know, all these silly rules. So here's the only rule that matters. When a lead shows up anywhere in your orbit, you're have, you have to call that lead back within one minute or less. The faster you call the lead back, the better. Now, why does that matter? Because the every, there's no downside in being uh, from the perspective of the consumer to having a salesperson be furiously fast with their lead follow-up. There's no downside from your business from a profitability perspective because you're going to impress the hell out of the prospective maybe seller that you are incredibly efficient at following up on your business, unlike every other experience that person has ever had with any other real estate agent on planet Earth. What are you up to, Julie? You're writing something yeah, down? I was just reminding myself to talk about this a little bit in Premiere, which is about to happen. Right. So, so your mic is not okay. near your head. Sorry. Yeah. So that's the main thing, guys, is furiously yeah. fast lead follow up. If there's one thing, and now here, it's not enough just to call somebody back. And it's always call, too. Be clear about that. If someone texts you, call them back. If someone emails you, get their phone number and call them back. If it does not matter. It's the voice that matters. It's the direct contact that matters. It's the furiously fast lead follow-up that matters. And then use our pre-qual scripts when you get them on the phone. Don't just wing it. Call them back and then use the scripts. And the scripts are, as we described every day, are essentially a well-written and tested 
honed a series of questions that are designed to get you at a to produce a consistent result. And they're asking questions in the order that makes sense that are going to make it so that in essence, you'll determine how motivated that ideally that seller is. And the mistake a lot of you guys make, and this is the big tragedy, I think, amongst modern real estate teams and brokerages in particular, is you guys treat buyer leads that are calling in, people that present themselves as buyers, as the redhead stepchildren. Is it redhead stepchildren a protective class now? Maybe Probably. they, maybe sure they, they should be. <laughs> right, but they're, your guys are treating them like the, you know they're not ideal business because they present as buyers. Your ego gets in your way, and you're not realizing. And in some markets, 75, maybe 50, 75 percent of all your buyers are actually sellers too. They might be calling about something for sale, but if you were to call them back right away, you quickly determine that they had a house to sell. Or better than having to call them back, answer the phone. <laughs> answer the damn phone. Answer the right? damn phone. And you know, I remember. Uh, you said Colette had been doing a series of some coaching stuff with me. That was from 18 Relentless Lead Follow-Up Rules, which they also go with the coaching program. And I have to go. You do. You have to go to Premier Coaching. So we're going to get back to this tomorrow. And guys, look, obviously the core of any business, the core of anybody who's successful at anything in life is long periods of doing what you don't want to do. Anjali, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary and, and those of you who are in Premier Coach, Coaching, make sure you go to the Premier Coaching calls live every single day. They start in, Julie's got to be on Premier Coaching in four minutes. So there you go. So guys, the essence of anything that's worth having in life is, it's funny I'm saying this after, you know, on our anniversary, but it's, <laughs> this is going to totally come out wrong, but I'll, I'll loop it back in so it sounds good right? It's long periods of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And, you know, a lot of you have been married longer than Julie and I, and hopefully to the same person, right? Being married to multiple people for 29 years isn't quite the same, I don't think. That's a joke, not trying to offend anybody, but hopefully you guys are getting the point. And there are long periods of time in a marriage, in a business, in life in general, where it isn't pleasure, pleasurable as it should be, where it is a lot of work. And, you know, prospecting is right up there. There's a lot of prospecting that's not going to be pleasurable. You know, I, I had a coaching, I've had many coaching clients who've had problems in their relationships with their spouses and whatnot. And it's because they had unrealistic expectations of how they would emotionally feel towards their spouse their entire life. You know, they don't realize that the nature of relationships, the nature of love in general, is it ebbs and flows, it changes. It evolves into something. Sometimes you feel like it was when you first met. Other times you feel like you're an old married couple, kind of like what Julie and I have become. But the, real, the reality of it is, is that the nature of it changes, but the intensity of the intent, the intensity of the um, the ramifications of it never change. In other words, when you're staying on course with something that's worth pursuing, for example, the creation of a new habit called proactive lead generation, on the other side of that is everything that you want in your business and personal life. And one of the key indicators of whether or not, again, trying to do my best at tying this into the fact that today is our anniversary. One of the key indicators of long-term success in marriage is lack of financial issues in the, in the relationship, but also having shared goals. So if there are two pieces of advice I'll end with today, just for those of you who are interested in being married for a long period of time. And, and frankly, I, you know, I've always been in love with Julie for 30 years plus. I met her when she was 16 and I feel like I'm the luckiest guy on the face of the planet. I really do. I do honestly feel like that every single day, even when Julie and I were in the struggling mode of our marriage and our business life, it was struggling together, which is my point. When you set goals together, 
long-term and short-term goals together. That is going to be the glue that's going to keep your relationship on track. You don't have to work with your spouse. I mean, trust me when I tell you, and I know Julie would second this in a heartbeat, that working with your spouse for most of you is probably a bad idea. It does not. It did not come naturally for us. We learned to do it by essentially splitting up the responsibilities in the business, and we don't cross swords about who does what because it's really difficult to have, you know, in a marriage and a, and a successful business, have those things be on equal footing. It's almost impossible. So, you know, I'm not suggesting all of you guys need to, you know, follow that path and partner with your spouse. And if you do, then, you know, take the suggestion I just gave you is just basically, you know, don't have, you don't make it so you guys are doing the same jobs because that's just going to create a lot of stress. In other words, one person's primarily focused on lead generation and sales. The other person's primarily focused on running the business. And in essence, that's what I'm saying. And that's true in any kind of business, by the way. So, you know, we can talk about that on another show if you guys are interested. But the main thing I'm trying to convey to you is have shared goals. And when you're, uh, when you're, if you're a younger couple in your 20s and you're getting married, have shared goals with your wife or your husband or what have you. And as you, as you start having, uh, if you have a family, then have shared goals with your kids. That's the main key element to long-term levels of success is when people all feel like they're moving together uh, moving forward together and they're seeing the accomplishment of goals together. That's what excites people. That's what excites relationships because then you can see the forward momentum and the forward progress. And the other thing that Julie and I have learned to do is we do, we spend a lot of, we intentionally spend time together. We go, we'll exercise every single day during this COVID thing when we were on lockdown and our gym was, you know, closed, we would go on a six mile walk every day. Well, we've always intentionally scheduled something like that every single day. We've done that literally for the past 29 years, and we did that because we knew the importance of staying, uh, you know, staying connected. And on our walks, sometimes we don't talk. Sometimes we talk about just silly things. Other times we talk about what we, our goals are. Where are we on track? Are we ahead? Are we behind? What our specific goals are? This is the type of, and you know, this is what for us it took for us to accomplish what we have, not just professionally, but also personally. Would we have been able to accomplish what we have professionally had we not been on the track, on track personally? I can say probably not. Because one thing, essentially, they, those two things go go very well together. So from someone who's been married for 29 years, uh, and you're, you know, it doesn't matter if, I'm speaking primarily, I can imagine, to the younger uh, group of you who listen to us every day, which I know is a lot. We have a lot of millennial coaching clients and you're, you know, wanting to have a long-term relationship. You, you know, you don't want to have divorces and all this financial hardship. Start with the shared goals. That really does make a difference. Have the shared goals. It's okay to have your primary goals when you're younger to be financial goals. Those are the easiest ones actually to, you know, have clarifying thoughts about and also the easiest ones to create action plans behind and for everyone to get behind. So have shared goals, move forward together. Now, if you've been married for a long time and you're feeling a little bit disconnected and trust me when I tell you, go back to the shared goals thing and it's okay again if they're primarily financial goals because again, those are easy to clarify. People can get behind. So you, I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday and he and his wife set the uh, shared goal and they've been married for as long as Julie and I have. They're in their 60s. And they had the shared goal of um, they wanted to go on a global um, National Geographic uh, trip. In other words, there's National Geographic does these chart. They charter this jet and there's like, I don't even know how many couples, like a dozen couples. And their, uh, the trip they plan on going on is the seven wonders of the uh, world or some, you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. That's what they're going to do. And so they fly from 
you know, Egypt, and then they might fly to Israel, and then we're going to fly to here, there, or the other. And on when they stop and they get off, they're staying at five-star hotels. It's, but this is something, a goal they're setting together. It's expensive, but it's definitely worth going, you know, it's definitely worth doing. Well, you can do that at any point in your life, and that's definitely something that will, you know, keep everyone focused on, um, you know, living, on appreciating life, on appreciating each other. It's this isn't any sort of deep philosophical approach to life. That's not what I'm sharing with you. I'm sharing something very practical and tactical that's worked for Julie and I. And and again, this always loops back to your willingness and to do long periods of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So for you to get to the point where you can afford the $200,000 to go on that global trip that I was just describing to you because that's what they told me it costs, you're going to have to have earned the, the money in essence. And the way you earn the money is from having earned the right to be of service to a lot of people. You guys get it? You see all this stuff is connected? If there's no deep, dark mystery about you know money and not having money, there's no there's no secret, guys. It's just about long periods of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, and having that become habitual, and then eventually you'll get the payoff from those activities. Don't look the the novel, the exciting, the you know the shiny object type things. When you see those show up on your radar, you have to develop an absolute repulsion to them because you have to know that what those are essentially is time and money wasters 99.9% of the time. So if what you're thinking about doing in your business does not create some reasonable level of anxiety, probably not worth doing. There's a nice little filter for all of you guys who are trying to get your heads on straight about proactive lead generation. So hopefully all this makes sense and you tolerated my rambling about, you know, all the things I was just talking to you about. Um, and I think a lot of you guys will understand where I'm coming from with regards to, you know, working with your spouse and having long-term meaningful relationships. It does take work. It doesn't just happen. You know, anything in life worth doing is going to take constant, um, you know, omnipresent effort. And that's really what I'm, you know, suggesting to all of you guys. And uh, yeah, it's definitely worth the payoff long-term, long-term periods of, you know, real work and trying to get to become the best version of yourself in this particular case as a real estate salesperson. Guys, it's definitely worth it. So don't give up on that dream. Don't become one of the 85% that fail within 24 months, right? So if you need me for anything, please text me at 512-758-0206. Please text me at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day and we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. Thank you.